Welcome to the What I Love About Men podcast. I'm your host, Steph Ganowski. After having multiple negative experiences with men, I started to believe all men were toxic. That is, until a few male strangers challenged my belief completely. This made me realize that a major problem with men in relationships stems from the fact that most men don't really love themselves or pay enough attention to their own strengths. I want to change that. Now I'm on a mission to help men thrive mentally, emotionally, physically, and sexually in their relationships with themselves and with women. So stay tuned and see how my passion can help you as a man. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Men podcast. I'm your host, Steph, and in today's episode, you are going to, you're just going to love it. You're just going to love it because it's authentic. It's about sex, your sexual energy and power as a man, and how you can access that. So a lot of actual tangible steps you can take in order to practice your sexual energy and let that out of you, not only with women, but with yourselves. You know, your sexual energy has a lot to do with your focus as a man, your determination, your decision. Um, so it's just really important to, to harness that and know, know what you're doing when it comes to your sexual self. You know, we all have different parts of ourselves and you can't forget about your sexual side. You know, that's when the core of your masculine comes out and you need to know how to unleash that and what to do with it and how to stay in control of it. Otherwise it controls you. So a really awesome episode coming your way. And before I dive into it, I just want to remind you guys to head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review on this podcast. It would mean so much to me. Not only would it mean a lot to me, but it would help spread this message of, of wellness to men. Uh, not enough men are getting that um, that support in terms of, you know, emotional health, mental health, sexual health, and especially from a woman. So this is a really powerful perspective coming at men that most men don't get. And I know you guys appreciate it. I get the emails, I get the DMs. And what would mean a lot is if you can leave a rating and review. It, it takes two seconds and that really just helps spread the message a lot further, spread this podcast out there so that as many men as possible are able to see it. And I will keep doing my part in putting out two episodes episodes a week, hopefully amp that up a little bit in the near future. Anyway, jumping into today's episode, which is amazing. Taylor Johnson is a sex educator and coach who works with men to help them master their sexual energy and use that powerful energy to supercharge anything in their lives that they want to. You can find him at Taylor Clark Johnson on Instagram, and his website is www.taylorjohnson.life. Let's dive in. Hey, Taylor, thanks so much for coming on. I am super excited to talk to you about all the stuff no one wants to talk about, um, <laughs> which I think will be great. We're going to talk about quitting porn, uh, multiple orgasms for men, some personal story that you wanted to share, which I'm excited for you to share, and ejaculating with intention. So those are just some of the topics to get you guys excited for this interview with Taylor. He's just really informative and I just, I can't wait to dive all into this. I know when we had our phone call last week, we were going on and on. I'm like, shit, I should have just recorded this and made a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But thanks yeah, for thank being you on. Thank you for having me. Totally. Yeah. Thanks for having me on here. It's, yeah. I feel really grateful and honored to be here. Thank you. I'm excited to dive into all this stuff too. And yeah, I was thinking the same thing about our last phone call. Like, wow, we totally should have recorded that and put it out yeah. there. Today. But I'm, I'm stoked about this conversation we're going to have too. Yeah. Great. I am too. All right. So to, for starters, I want to know like what got you into, what got you into this field? Like why are you a sex and relationship coach and do you only work with men? Hmm. 
what got me into this field? Well, that is a sort of a lifelong question. The short answer would be that I've always been really interested in sex <laughs> since a little kid. Um, and in my early 20s, I struggled a lot with premature ejaculation and sexual anxiety and sexual shame and feeling not sexually powerful at all. And it was a, a huge journey. I didn't really have any mentors in this department. I didn't get good education from my parents. My friends certainly didn't help. And porn <laughs> definitely put me in the wrong direction. So I spent years um, reading books and studying Tantra and Taoist sexuality and just to integrate it into my own personal life, um, to overcome some of this stuff for my own desires for connection and better sex. And I've been a, a professional commercial photographer for my main career for the past bunch of years. And yeah. it, it just occurred to me a few years ago, like, hey, it would be a lot more meaningful to, to talk about this stuff, to talk about sexuality, than to continue to take, um, create photo shoots for huge corporations. Like, that's great, and it pays well. And it's a lot more meaningful for me to help somebody shift their entire sex life and experience, you know, more pleasure and like the deep, meaningful connection that can come from that. Like that fills a deep uh, place of meaning inside me that photography doesn't. Mm. Wow. So when did you start? When did you make that shift? <laughs> it's still shifting, I would say. Mm. Um, it's still shifting. I still occasionally take photo shoots. I do love photography. Uh, it's just a different thing, but I really put it into high gear, I'd say about a year and a half ago, year and a half yeah. ago. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And then I launched my first course earlier this year, my first solo course. Um, so it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a evolving process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was a huge success too. So like props to you for just reaching so many people in such a short amount of time. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank but, you. And to answer the other part of your question. Yeah. The course that I just released, it was for people who have a penis. It's called orgasmic mastery. It helps people overcome premature ejaculation and master their sexual energy and be able to use it for whatever they want. Um, and generally I am more interested in supporting uh, people who identify as men, people who have a penis, because I don't see that many positive resources out there for people like that. And mm. I never really had much in the way of a positive resource. So if I can help people in that way like that, that really lights me up. Mm -hmm. well, I love that. And that's my exact reason too. I just didn't see enough out there for men in that, in that positive light of like support and here, I want to help you do this or, you know, let's see how we can, you know, help you in this way. And there's just, people don't, it's interesting because people don't really question if you say you just work with women, but they question and there's more, there seems to be more judgment on the end of why do you just work with men? Cause I've worked with mm. both just women and just men. And I've had mm -hmm. like totally different experiences in terms of reactions from other people. So do you receive judgment for, for primarily working with men? I, I don't know if I can call it judgment and that's really just based on my interpretation of it, right? Like how I take it. So oh. it's like, right. I just find, I find in the way I guess in the way it's worded and the way I perceive it, it does feel like judgment a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Like they'll be like, well, women need help too. Why are you just working with men? And I'm like, well, right. you know, cause men need help. And there are plenty of women being helped directly in this area. You see it everywhere. You know, you don't mm -hmm. see a lot of women just working with men. So I thought it was, you know, it's interesting to see, um, you know, people's reactions. Yeah. But, but yeah. Yeah. I'm all for uh, male positivity for people helping men. Like, yeah, like you said, I'm inundated with seeing women helping other women and that's beautiful and that's awesome. Oh, and yeah. I, I'm i so happy 
totally. Yeah, everybody needs it, you know. Yeah. And yeah. everybody has their own niche and their own interest areas. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Check. <laughs> okay, so let's start. Let's start with um. I want to start with ejaculating with intention because mm. this is just super fascinating. No one talks about it, and yeah, let's just. What does it mean to ejaculate with intention? What does it mean to ejaculate with intention? <sighs> that is such a good, uh, so rich. Um, for me personally, ejaculating with intention means being proactive about my sexual experience versus being reactive. So literally it means choosing when and if I want to ejaculate in the sexual experience. Um, and if I choose to do so, being aware of all the ramifications of what happens if I do have an ejaculatory orgasm. For example, if I'm having sex with somebody or, you know, penetrative or not, and I ejaculate within the first five minutes of that experience, that's going to really impact our time together. Um, I'm going to go through a refractory period. My erection will fade away. My general sexual zest and, and attraction will drop for a period of time, and that's going to affect how we interact. Conversely, if I'm aware of that and I say, hey, actually, I would like to make love with you for 15 minutes or another 20 minutes or not. I don't want to end just yet, you know, then I can continue with the lovemaking experience and do some energetic practices to move my arousal into the rest of my body. So it doesn't have to leave through an ejaculatory orgasm. Mm. Yeah. Because what were you, you were telling me, right? That, that, that what is the average statistics around what, how long sex usually lasts for men? It's well, the average, you, you know, I wish I had this statistic in front of me, the average sexual Sorry, intercourse time. <laughs> no, it's great. I think it's, it's somewhere around five or six or four or seven minutes, something it's in the single digits for sure. Mm. Uh, which is not ideal. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just not ideal. And you know, the sad, like a sad thing to me and an area of excitement is that more people just don't know that there's something else possible. So that's a sad, but B that's exciting because, Hey, by the way, you can actually have uh, orgasms and connection that lasts for 20 minutes or two minutes, you know, or it doesn't even have to be orgasm focused. You can have a sexual experience that's beautiful that can last for much longer than that. And when you decentralize orgasm as the focus of sex, then everything changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I usually like when I'm coaching my guys, I'll be like, you, you know, you can't get tied to the outcome, which is in their mind, the outcome is the orgasm sometimes, you know, for some men, it's like, this is what I want out of sex. Mm -hmm. But it's like, this is an interesting new perspective way to look at it where it's like, you know, like it doesn't, sex is just an experience. And you don't always have to come to prove you're a man. But like, what would you say to guys who are just having having sex for maybe the first time with a woman and they're trying to, they're trying to prove themselves as a man, you know, like sometimes when you're not in that uh, relationship mm. stage where it's like, okay, we can just have sex for 20 minutes and just be together. Mm. Then it's, it could be more embarrassing for a man to not, to not ejaculate in mm. that sexual experience. Like what would you, what would you tell those men? So are you speaking about like the first time a man has sex ever or the first time a man has sex with a new partner? With a new partner. With a new partner. Well, if you are listening to this and you are about to have sex or you will have sex with somebody new in your life, I would say first and foremost to just be okay. If you do ejaculate, like, first of all, if you do have an ejaculation before you want to, how you respond to that is so, so, so important. Like if you go into a shame spiral, if you go into self-defeating thoughts, self-deprecating thoughts, then that's going to impact 
your connection with this person. You know, another option would be if you do ejaculate too early to, to laugh about it and be like, Oh wow. Like that was so sexy. I'm just like overwhelmed by how sexy that was. And I would love to keep connecting with you. Um, I can, are you okay? Like, I would love to pleasure you for a little bit. Like, would you like that? You know, or something like that. If you can roll with it versus going into a shame spiral, then that would be an awesome, awesome first step. Yes. Oh my God. I love that. I just want to say how much I love that as a woman. Cause like just you saying that makes me smile because that's the perfect way to just save it and make us feel not awkward and just allow you to feel good about the experience. So I love that. Totally. And chances are in 10 minutes, you're going to have a raging erection again or 15 minutes tops, you know, and you're going to be able to have sex for longer and you're going to be less sensitive. Um, So just go ahead and take that pressure off. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But another way to do that is to not focus on penetration the entire time. You know, people love more about sex than just penetrative sex. So oral sex, fingers, like massaging the shoulders, licking different parts of the body. There's so much you can do in a sexual experience that's not sex. And I may be preaching to the choir here, um, but you know, sex doesn't have to look like it does in porn. Like generally most people don't love fast, rapid pounding for the first little bit, you know, or even for a lot of it, like, you know. Yeah. And that's something women all complain about, just like from a insider's perspective for you guys, like women, just most of our favorite position, I mean, the majority of women's favorite position is not doggy <laughs> from behind just being pounded. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, and that seems to be in most porn where it's just, it gives this false persona of what, you know, what women want and what men have to do in order to pleasure us. Like mm-hmm. can we talk about porn for a little bit and- Go ahead. Did you yeah. want to add something first? Yeah. Well, I just, I actually, I realized I want to take a step back and add something to the intentional ejaculation mm. piece just to make it um, personal, to share my own personal practice. I, I love having sex and not ejaculating. Um, that is a practice of mine. I practice semen retention. And for me, that doesn't mean never ejaculating. That just means being intentional. Excuse me. That just means being intentional with when I do ejaculate. So my ideal personal ejaculation frequency is once every 10 to 14 days. I find that if I can have sex every day during that time period, but if I ejaculate at that frequency, then my overall vitality, my overall clarity, my purpose, my direction in life feels so much more powerful and clear. And that's, you know, that's a whole, (laughs) that whole area around semen retention could be a, a podcast itself. But I just wanted to add that piece of my own personal practice in. So you all know where I'm coming from as a listener. Oh, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, and that's really interesting. I was, literally, I was just talking to one of my best guy friends about, um, about that same thing. And he was telling me, like, it's not, you know, I try not to actually come when I masturbate anymore because I just feel mm. so much more alive and, like, so much more focused on what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. I never, I never thought about the power that can come with just holding your semen and keeping that for, for you know, your... Oh, <laughs> your own <oomph> in life. <laughs> yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. So, so going into going into porn, there's a lot of guys who are trying to to quit porn, and probably subconsciously for the purpose of understanding um, that that when they do ejaculate too much, they feel weaker. Or you know, I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe this right. is why, like, a lot of men are trying to resist it, but. What would you what would you tell guys today who are who are trying to quit porn or like what are the what are the negative side effects of porn that really 
um, draw men to wanting to run away from it at this point. So what are the negative side effects of porn? And what would I say to people who want to quit porn? Um, I'll hit the first, I'll hit the side effects first. No, no, it's great. It's great. It's amazing, really important topics, um, especially as men, because we have, uh, our brains are more responsive um, and impacted by visual stimuli, generally speaking, than than females, than people there who are women. Um, So... I'll make it personal again. I used to be addicted to porn. I struggled with this tremendously. It impacted my romantic and sexual relationships and it impacted my overall confidence in the world. And at the peak of this, I was in long-term relationship with somebody, uh, my partner at the time who I was living with, uh, we had an apartment together and she like, she was great. She was beautiful. She was lovely. We were in love. Um, and I watched porn almost every day. And our sexual connection, it started off great in the beginning and then it sort of tanked. And I noticed that a lot of times with her, I couldn't maintain an erection longer than a minute. And it didn't hit me until much later. But thing about porn is you can watch a video 20 seconds and bam, click to the next video, bam, click to the next video. And there's and within those videos, there's cuts between different camera angles over and over and over again. And it's like an overwhelming source of visual stimulation that no human being could ever compare to. doesn't matter how quote-unquote hot this person is. No human can compare to a video on screen that is edited by a professional editor to be as stimulating as possible. Yeah. Um, so that's a huge cause of erectile dysfunction. And I also found for me that when I watched porn, it impacted how I viewed women in general. Um, mm it was easier for me to sexualize them versus honoring the sexual being that they are like, and I want to say like, I do think it's okay to view everybody as a sexual being. There's just a healthy way to go about it and an unhealthy way to go about it. And for me, porn reinforced the unhealthy ways to go about it. Hmm. I'll pause there. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, yeah. What are you feeling, thinking, hearing from that? Yeah. I just, you know, that does have, that does have a lot to say when it comes to, um, when it comes to men objectifying women, you know, there's enough men who realize they do that and they don't want to do that. But on top of that, porn makes it so much worse. And I think Mm -hmm. as biological creatures, like men with sex on the brain so much more than women have sex on the brain, you know, cause it's like, I, I need to impregnate, impregnate her. I need to spread my seed. I need to make, you know, more of me. Um, it's just always tied to that evolution of man. And, you know, it's, it's hard enough for you guys. And I don't blame men for looking at women and sexualizing them. Like, I really don't. I think it's we're sexual beings and we're going to do that um, innately. But I do think if you, if you have something that's making it, um, that's, that's doing it the wrong way in a way that's not healthy, which, is, which can be porn, um, then it's tough. I mean, even this topic for me is tough because it's like sometimes I think Porn can be a healthy way for you and your partner to get off together. Totally. Um, what? I said totally. And I that? like, yeah, I do agree with that. And I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to say porn is bad, like across the board. The yeah, most yeah. positive experiences I have had with porn have been when I've watched with my partner. Mm-hmm. And I think because there's an actual human connection thing that's going mm-hmm. on, that's different from just staring at a screen. Mm-hmm. That experience was totally differently, or it was totally different than any experience I had just by myself looking at a you know video after video after video. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great point too. It's like, it's the same thing with social media, right? You can talk to people on Instagram all day, but at the end of the day, you'll still be depressed because you're not having a human experience. You're not actually connecting to a real human. You're looking at a screen. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a different type of engagement and a different um, way it affects your, your mental and emotional health. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, that's really interesting. Um, do you think men should quit porn or is there like a certain amount of porn that's not as bad because i know there's a lot of guys who feel really guilty <laughs> about it and are like i need to stop yeah. this is like the worst thing for me um yeah. or would you just like more recommend it with a with another human hmm. to that i would say if you're doing anything out of compulsion out of habit porn or not like it's a good idea to evaluate the impact that that thing is having on your life mm. and if porn is one of those things, if you're doing, if you're watching porn out of compulsion, for example, if you're at your laptop and you're emailing people at home in your bedroom or whatever, and then you get that, that hit, that urge, you know, to look at porn, then before you even open up that browser window, your body's having a physiological response. Like the stimulation is happening. You're already receiving the pleasure um, neurotransmitters that are being released in your brain. Like if you respond to that, you you continue that cycle. Uh, you continue that unhealthy cycle. And what I would say is if you can notice that in that moment, then that's a really great point to interrupt that physiological response and get up and do 30 push-ups. get up and do 50 jumping jacks, like do something else and try to remember um, why you might not want to watch porn. If you're wanting to quit porn, like come up with a list of reasons why you don't want to watch porn and really feel the impact. Um, notice the impact uh, that porn has on your life and, and try to remember that in the moment where you're interrupting that physical physiological response pattern. Uh, that's Ooh, that's been that. really helpful for me, you know, it's coming up with a plan of action. So I haven't watched porn. I don't even know how long it's been now. Um, a couple, maybe a year or so, um, oh, wow. a couple of years. I'm not really sure, but I have the urge to watch porn like at least every month, a couple of times a month. And when I do, I have a plan of action in place and doing 30 push-ups immediately is part of that plan mm. and then doing some jumping jacks and then doing some sit-ups. And then if I still want to watch porn after that, I will stop everything that I'm doing and go for a run, you know, mm. do anything to get yeah. embodied and almost always that shifts things for me. And then that physiological spark that happened when I got that urge to watch porn that integrates into my body and becomes a more powerful source of energy that I could do anything else with. Mm. Yeah. So it really, that, that really is just the addiction speaking then, because when you replace it with something else that gives you that dopamine rush, which is exercise, then you feel like you don't need it anymore. Mm. So that's a cool way to prove to yourself, like, is, an is it an addiction that's trying to control me or can I control it? And I think that was an awesome description because then it can just tell the guys, you know, if you're in control of when you watch porn, then you know, you're okay. Like when you're not in control and you keep having these urges and get frustrated quick, if like, you know, the urge comes upon you, that's most likely you're not in control. So find a way to take action and control it. Totally. Proactive versus reactive. That's a huge, mm. huge, huge thing in porn, mm. in relationship, in life, in mm -hmm. ejaculating or not ejaculating, like all of that. It's a huge, huge thing. Yeah. I love that. Cool. Okay, let's let's jump to <laughs> this stuff. one. Yeah, let's jump to uh, the multiple orgasms for men. So this mm. is interesting because I didn't, I never knew much about this, but I always thought it was like a woman thing that only mm -hmm. we can have multiple orgasms. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah. So, so what does it mean? What does it mean to have multiple orgasms as a man? Like, how does that, what does that look like? That is a damn good question. <laughs> and I think it's, I think it's misunderstood and it's a little cryptic, um, but it's real. I can tell you from firsthand experience and from other people that I've worked with, it's definitely real. And I want to dispel the first um, misconception that commonly happens with this. You'll see us on the back of Montauk Chia's book. He's um, Montauk Chia is the author that wrote the book, The Multi-Orgasmic Man, which is usually the gateway book for a lot of guys when they get into these sexual practices. And on the back, I believe it says, learn to separate orgasm from ejaculation. And that phrase, separate orgasm from ejaculation, is all over the internet. And to me, it's a little bit misleading because what it, what it really should say, in my opinion, is learn how to have a different kind of orgasm that can feel 10 times, 20 times, 30 times better than your typical ejaculatory orgasm. And this other kind of orgasm that's different is not focused in your genitals, but it can flow through your body like waves of pleasure, like heat waves, like ocean waves crashing. Um, and it doesn't end in a refractory period. So that's how you can have multiple of them over and over and over again. And it's a learning process to be able to get to that point. Uh, for most people, it's, you know, we, we as guys, we're never really told that this is a possibility. <clears throat> and so we have this habituated ejaculatory orgasmic response when we go into sex, because that's all we know. And I'm here to say, hey, actually, there's something else you can do. There's something else you can do. And yeah, it's not going to feel like your typical ejaculatory orgasm. It doesn't come with the same involuntary genital contractions that happen with your typical orgasm, but it can feel so much better and it can last for minutes, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, 20 minutes, where every single movement you're making while you're having love feels better than ejaculatory orgasm. It's possible. Woo. How does that work? <laughs> is, that like, is that mostly on... Does that, is that like related to tantric sex or is this just like, it doesn't have to be tantric sex? Um, so that's a, that's a blurry, well, that's a blurry question to me because the word tantra means so many different things to different people. Um, mm. I would say that yes, people who are in the tantra world, which I want to clarify as neo-tantra, um, they would say that this is an experience you can have with that. Also Montauk Chia's tradition and Taoist sexuality um, they all point to this same sort of orgasmic experience, these orgasms that are better than the traditional ejaculatory orgasm. And it can be a little mysterious on your journey to, to reprogram your sexual response system to be able to experience that. And you might not have the full on full body energetic um, orgasm right up front. You might have some tingles in your spine. You might experience some heat waves in your hands. You might experience some heat in your head. Um, and through an evolution of practice and opening yourself to that, it can become more and more and more. And <clears throat> this would be a really awesome point. I could share my experience of the first time I had one of those orgasms. Mm -hmm. I called it a tantric orgasm, and I wish there were a better word for it, but it's the most applicable and easily understandable term at this point I have for it. Okay, what do you, go. What do you think? You yeah, go. <laughs> go. <laughs> right. go. Go, go. <laughs> Yeah. So this was a turning point in my sexual life, in my relationship life too. Um, funny enough, it started off as an argument between my girlfriend and I at the time. This was about seven years ago, I believe. And 
she, we were in that, we were in an early phase of our relationship where we were discovering our, we were discovering each other's past partners, right? And turned out she had been partners with a couple of people who I'm friends with. And at that point in my life, I felt really insecure about that. And all this jealousy stuff came up and anger and sadness and weird possessiveness that's, that could be a topic for a whole other podcast. But um, yeah, I felt triggered and I felt sad. And instead of running away from that experience, like we stayed close and we, held each other. And there was some stuff that triggered her too. And this is a really important piece of the story is the emotional involvement that happened um, because I cried uh, in that experience and I felt very open to my partner and I felt like my heart had opened to her in that space. Whereas typically at that point in my life, I was a very closed hearted individual. It was hard for me to even say, I love you to anybody uh, because that felt so vulnerable. So my heart opened to her and then we felt really connected in the emotional space and the energetic space. And then we started kissing and then we started making love. And at that point I was struggling with premature ejaculation. Um, but because of this connection that we were experiencing and because of the excitement about the openness, I was breathing more deeply and she was breathing more deeply. And it became more about the collective connective lovemaking experience than any sort of orgasmic goal at all. And we ended up making love for hours and at a certain point in that experience, I remember like it was almost psychedelic and we were totally sober. There was no alcohol, no drugs, no nothing. Um, but I remember feeling energy, energy coursing through my entire body and my fingertips and my penis and my toes and my head and my face. And it was as if the two of us were just swirling around in this soup of pleasure that was unbelievable. And I really literally felt in my body like every motion that I had with her every movement felt at least 10 times better than an ejaculatory orgasm. And this went on and on and on. And I was moaning as if I was coming, but I wasn't coming. And it was like, as if a different sexual response system had been activated, like ejaculating wasn't even on my radar because this other pleasure was so high. And it was, yes, it was, you know, there was pleasure in my penis from having sexual intercourse with her, but it was as if there was a channel open to the rest of my body and I could feel that same pleasure that I usually only experience in my penis everywhere else. And it was magical. <laughs> it was amazing. Like I, it was absolutely fucking amazing. And this happened, you know, we were in this space for a long, long time, it blew my mind. And at a certain point I had to pee because sometimes, you know, biology happens. So yeah. I got up and I went to the bathroom. And when I was in the bathroom peeing, I noticed the walls were doing this sort of like, like floaty thing as if there were sparkles on everything. And again, no drugs were involved, but this, this sort of energy, this thing that I experienced is akin to what a lot of these ancient traditions talk about. It's like when you're able to access these realms of deeper pleasure and deeper energy, and you're able to open up those channels within yourself you're actually tapping into something that's very substantial, that's greater than yourself, that is collective in nature, uh, regardless of your spiritual or religious beliefs. Like this is a tangible experience that you can have in your body, regardless of your philosophy. And so I experienced that and it was mind blowing. And then here's the, here's an interesting piece. When I was in that bathroom, the, the thought of ejaculation came into my brain. I had the thought oh, wow, if this has been so amazing, like how amazing is it going to be if I ejaculate with her? Like, wow, that's going to be great. And 
up until that point, ejaculation had not been on my radar at all. I, I wasn't even concerned about it. And, you know, like I said, I had been regularly struggling with premature ejaculation to that point. So I went back from the bathroom to the bedroom and we started having sex again and ejaculation was on my mind and I thought it was going to be awesome. And because it was on my mind, like it was as if it triggered everything in my system related to ejaculation. And it happened like Mm. within a minute of starting to have sex again. And the pleasure that I had been experiencing, if I were to rate that on a scale of, um, you know, zero to a hundred, the pleasure I had been experiencing was at like three or 400. Like it was totally off the scale, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I started to ejaculate that pleasure, it just, it dropped. It was nuts. It was not more pleasurable. It was substantially less pleasurable than what I had been experiencing. And it was sort of like deflating a balloon. It was Mm -hmm. uh, this really anticlimactic experience that, that was very surprising to me. Um, it shocked me and I was a little bummed. I was like, wow, I didn't need to do that. Wow. <laughs> I didn't need to do that at all. And, you know, possibly I did because it was like almost sunrise at that point. And we needed to sleep, <laughs> you know? time-wise, yeah, it was time. <laughs> time-wise, like life logistically, I had to go to work in, in three hours. Um, but, but that was a really interesting experience for me. And so I reflected on that for a long time and, tried many times to get back into that space and failed many times to get back into that space and struggled with premature ejaculation for a while after. And, you know, years later have figured out how to, how to access that more regularly. Um, but that's, that's the story. That's the story. And it was really a pivotal turning point for me in realizing that there was something much more amazing and powerful available to me in the sexual experience and to share with my partner than I had ever been told by anybody ever before. Wow. It's like, you know, when you go to a top of a mountain, you can't unsee that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that will always be in your body somewhere. Like, Absolutely. So what would you say it mainly consisted of? It was breath. It was emotional, deep connection. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. For me, um, after reflecting on that experience, I'd say some of the key points of that were a, yeah, vulnerability mm. for sure. Like vulnerability, authentic connection, decentralizing orgasm. Like that wasn't the goal for either of us. The goal was pleasure and connection. Really the goal was connection and pleasure came secondary. Um, mm. So we weren't trying to like get each other off. We weren't doing techniques to give each other more pleasure. We were just being in that evolving um dance of Mm. of sex and breathing like breathing is something i share a lot about in my course that i just launched um that just completed actually Uh, breathing is so 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 important and i try to encourage people to make breath a practice like when that was happening i was breathing deeply just out of inspiration but breathing deeply and making a practice out of that now is something i do almost every time i have a sexual experience Um, Mm. and it's very, very, very impactful, very impactful. And it's one of the key things people can do to prolong uh, their sexual experience. If they're struggling with premature ejaculation. Is there a certain type of breath that is most important or is it matching your partner's breath? Like what is it about the breath that makes it so substantial? Mm, so many things about the breath. I <laughs> know, this is another podcast. <laughs> I mean, the breath is fucking amazing. Is it okay if I say fuck? You can bleep this out. Yeah, yeah. No, I always say fuck. Okay, okay, great. <laughs> um, 
awesome. <laughs> yeah, the breath, it's like, it's the most powerful tool you have, I have, um, at any given moment in our life to change our state, to change our physiology, to change our mindset. And it's there constantly. Um, and there are different kinds of breath practices that I recommend, but breathing into your belly is a huge one, especially in the sexual experience. If you can take a deep belly breath, in fact, I'm just going to do it for a moment. And I encourage everybody listening to try that right now. And making sound on the exhale, um, that is huge. Because when you take a deep belly breath, you're creating expansion in your pelvic bowl. You're creating expansion in that lower belly area of your body. And that expansion is going to lead to more ease and more relaxation. And that ease and relaxation is going to lead to less tension (laughs) in your general region. And that's going to make it less likely that you'll ejaculate before you want to. And there's the whole other part of just oxygenating your body and making your breath a pleasurable practice. Like, you know, I made a noise on my exhale and I'm wondering for some of you listening, like maybe was was that uncomfortable to hear? You know, a lot of times as men, we're told don't make sound, you know, or we get the programming not to make sound. For whatever reason, we don't make much sound in the sexual experience, but making a sound on your on your exhale, <sighs> It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It helps move the energy and it helps move the pleasure. And it just, yeah, it's, so that's what I would say to that question. Oh, I love that. Thanks so much. That was great. What a great answer. Um, okay, Taylor. So we have to, we're going to close it up here. Um, but I would love to know, this is so great. Oh, we, we could keep going <laughs> for another hour, but Zoom is going to cut me off. So. <laughs> um, okay. So when it, when it comes to giving one piece of advice to men today, mm-hmm. um, the most, if you could tell all men one thing at this mm-hmm. point, based on all of your knowledge and all that you know, when it comes to living a sexually fulfilled life, what would mm-hmm. that one piece of advice be? Buy as much Bitcoin as possible five years ago. <laughs> 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 uh, I wish somebody could travel back in time and tell me that. Um, <laughs> No, but, but serious, serious answer to your question. Um, hmm. A serious answer to your question is that I would say that your sexual system is powerful. And if you don't recognize the power that's there, I highly, highly encourage you to do some research in this area. Put some investment of your time into learning about your sexuality, into learning about how this powerful system of yours can be harnessed and utilized for your entire life, not just sex, but when you, when you master your sexual energy or when you, when you practice working on your sexual energy and integrating it and this into anything in your life, you can put it into your sexual experiences. And also you can channel this into any sort of entrepreneurial pursuits. You can put it into your business, into your family relationships, into your friendships, And it can be the source of a huge, um, just this huge bounty of energy that's, that we're never told about. And that's, that's super important to me. And I want everybody to realize just how powerful this is. And, you know, that was one of the other topics we talked about possibly talking about, but like the impact of this sexual energy on your ability to create more financial abundance for yourself. um, Mm. That's huge Mm. too. And that's a very, that's a very real thing. I can give tangible 
actual examples of that. It's not this new age woo-woo bullshit. I mean, there's a lot of people who make it woo-woo, but there's actually some really practical ways that this, this works. And yeah, I encourage you to explore that. Awesome. Thanks so much, Taylor. Thanks for, I just want to mm-hmm. acknowledge you quick for doing what you're doing and, and taking your own personal experience and understanding that, hey, other guys need to hear this and can learn from this and I can, I can help them learn so that they mm-hmm. live a better life. So I appreciate you for doing what you do. Mm-hmm. Thank and you. um, you're welcome. And can you tell the guys where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to say thank you so much for having me here. It's been an awesome chance to talk with you and talk about this stuff. I love talking about this and I love all the content you're putting out there and your message and what you're sharing. So thank you. Thanks. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. It's at Taylor Clark Johnson and my website. You can also find me there. It's www.taylorjohnson.life. I also have a YouTube channel, um, but my website and Instagram are the best places to find me. And the course I just launched, is called Orgasmic Mastery. And I'm going to do another round of that with a new group of men, probably late December or early January coming up. Um, So reach out to me if you're interested. And uh, yeah, I'd love to see you in there. And thank you so much for listening and considering all this stuff. This is really, really, yeah, meaningful for me. So thank you for your time. Thanks, Taylor. Look forward to talking to you soon.